Hello, everybody, and welcome back to a very special episode of the Frog Snacks Podcast. It is episode 84, and uh, if you have been paying attention, you know that within uh, 24 hours of us recording last week's episode, uh, the entire video game world was set ablaze by a number of uh, announcements and events and uh, other things. Obviously, we had the Nintendo Switch reveal, which was uh, monstrous. It was a megaton. And just a mega, just a just an atomic bomb, just a hydrogen explosion. Um, it might it might even have been a funk flex level bomb. <laughs> it could have been. It might. It might, it might have reached out that it standard. It might have. It was uh, one metric flex. Yeah, yeah. It was the measurement uh, that that read on this on the video game scale. We had uh, PAX tickets dropping randomly just the same day as the switch as the switch announcements. I got zero work done last Thursday because zero zero work. I was at work like sweating at my desk, just like as was I trying to figure all this stuff out, trying to like plan the next uh, seven months of my life. Um, <laughs> Then, as well as uh, as well as considering the in my case the best faint gifts to send people. Oh my god, uh, so many faint. The, uh, <laughs> they were all so appropriate. Yes, they uh, were. So yeah, we had the we had like the uh, we had PAX D Day, same day as Nintendo Switch Reveal Day. Uh, the very next day, uh, Battlefield One gets released. So does uh, Civ Six. We had some really interesting Civ Six esports news, which we won't have. We definitely won't have time to get into today, but that's. Definitely something I might want to bring up in the future. Maybe have a, a written piece about, um, and and just the list goes on. A ton of uh, smaller updates. Uh, you know, we had the Red Dead Redemption Two reveal trailer. Finally, just it was a it was a crazy week last week, and we've we've just now been able to get together and decide that you know this is this is what we need to focus on. We really are going to spend the uh, the majority of this week's episode on. The Nintendo Switch. We know that at this point, you've you've read a lot of the hot takes, and you've you've uh, so many hot takes. You've, you've seen uh, you, you know every, you've you've done the um, the uh, which is like a, a very recent trend, but the the um, the like frame by frame nitpicking of a trailer, whether it be for a a, a very hyped up movie or or a video game or anything, um, it's it, it it really just it goes beyond obsession level uh but i as as we will get into uh the nintendo switch reveal uh created a lot more questions than questions that it answered and that you know obviously is is why uh there's been so much pouring over uh this this what really was a too short reveal but um, everybody is talking about the Nintendo Switch, uh, and I believe that that was the point. So um, here it we are. Was a point. Yeah. So so uh, here we are, episode eighty four. So, we're gonna be we're gonna be doing uh, an all Nintendo Switch episode, most likely. So kick, yeah, kick it off, Rob. There's there's much to to go into. So yes. let us start uh, with the reveal itself, right? Yeah. For, f- fun facts. Uh, how many times did you watch the trailer? Um. <laughs> <laughs> Spot blow. Up. Oh my god! Just just drag me, just drag <laughs> me through the mud. No, drag I. Get to the secret out of your secret. Area. I probably I probably watched it um 
I probably watched it like four or five times, which isn't that crazy. It's not that crazy. I watched it four. Okay, but I watched it like three times the day of. Like I <laughs> like I watched, I watched it, it, and then two hours later, I was like, wait, and then I watched it again. <laughs> And then, I, and then I got home and I was like, people were sharing it on Facebook and I was like, I'll watch it one more time. And I, right. <laughs> I watched it again. And then I think I showed somebody else. So like, I'm going to say five, I'm going to yeah, say five times. Uh, it's something similar to, to that. I, Cause I watched yeah. it twice the day of, uh, cause I watched it, of course, being at work, I watched it on my phone to start. Right. Yeah. So I was like, I have to watch this on my TV at home so I can see the detail. Mm-hmm. Because people were already starting to talk about detail that I'd missed. Yeah. So I watched it again, and then I showed it to two people. So that was the next two. Actually, no, one person. And then I watched it another time after that uh, <laughs> in preparation for this discussion. Right. So now let me let me start with this. Let's opening salvo, right? Yeah. This, this reveal, the actual event of this reveal... Mm-hmm. Uh, is increasingly seeming to me to be one of the smartest marketing plays that Nintendo has done in quite some time. Okay, how so? Break it down. All right, so check it out. Uh, fact one is that this is a made-for-internet strategy. They released a three-and-a-half-minute video that is clearly, clearly meant to evoke questions. Right. So you said this this reveal created more questions than it answered. That was 150% the entire point. Definitely. They wanted to get this out there so people could at least see, all right, well, here's what it is. But we're not going to tell you all the good stuff. Right. But we are going to suggest the hell out of it. They use cinematography to suggest the hell out of it because they know fully well what you just said. Which is that they knew everybody would be doing breakdown frame by frame analysis videos, trying to pour out the details that weren't said. Right. In addition to talking about the things that were explicitly stated, mm-hmm. and we are going to go through much of that ourselves, right? Yeah. But the fact that they did that means that people can literally be talking for months, and they already announced that they're not telling anybody anything else until next year. Which I also think is on purpose. Yeah, it's because killing me, but it's on purpose. That. Yeah, I don't remember if I said this on the podcast last week, but uh, people were saying, and I agree, that given how much, as you said, how many crazy things are going on right now, event-wise, game-wise, in the gaming-verse, uh, it would be to Nintendo's benefit to do information blowouts at the beginning of next year when everything will basically go on radio silent. Yeah. Uh, but that said, given that they're trying to still, as the th- uh, trailer confirms, they're still trying to launch this thing in March 2017. So they needed to at least get people talking about what the device is and build the excitement. Right. And that they 100% achieved that standard. And the other thing, though, was that like – and this is this is more of a personal problem than anything else. But like I said, yeah. later that same day, the PAX, uh, PAX East tickets – uh, came down and you, you, the uh, the date is not revealed until the tickets go on sale and the tickets are for, for March 2017. Um, right. There's a pretty large window of time historically that PAX East would go down anywhere uh, from March 1st to the last day of April and 
I'm I'm like just just like teeth chattering like out in the cold like please Nintendo tell me if the Switch is going to be out in time for PAX East and it's which ki- it almost assuredly is not. It kills me that it might not be. Kills me. Yeah, it's assuredly. Nintendo's always launches their console toward the end of the month. I cannot imagine that this is going to come out in in early March. Uh, you may have the spectacle, which which would be quite interesting. There is, I think, a thin chance that they may launch it that weekend. See, uh, and I was thinking, and I was thinking that, and I already have contingencies in place for if that is the case, because if it does get released, it'll probably be released. They'll do um, an event at Pax East, right? Or it'll be. Um, or, or if it's if it's for for whatever reason they decide to release it during the week, I have um, I have to think of something so that I have uh, a way to like get my hands on it, whether I am in New York or whether I am in Boston for PAX East, because there's no way that I'm just gonna let like a whole long weekend just fly by without me getting my hands on the new Nintendo console. Well, I'm sure if it's anything, because remember this did. This is not entirely without precedent, right? Right. So remember that Nintendo launched um, Luigi's Mansion 3DS and Pokemon Mystery Dungeon at PAX East that weekend, too. True. And you were able to put in an order for that there. They actually let you get it a day early. Exactly. That's right. You actually got it a day early if you went to uh, PAX East. Mm-hmm. So this is not entirely without precedent. You, We may very well see that they choose to do it. And if they don't, I would be very certain that they're going to have a massive presence this year because they're going to want to get people to get their hands on it. And last year, uh, Star Fox Zero, the the surprisingly very good Star Fox Zero, was released the day day of. And the the Nintendo booth was almost, it was like 75% Star Fox related. Right. Uh, I'll also add that calling Star Fox very good was... We have to be admit it's a minority opinion, but yeah, no, it was, no, it was, it was good. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, the the, the time. So the, the reveal as a piece of internet propaganda, you could say, yeah, uh, was absolutely perfectly done. So they gave everybody endless talking points to pour over until they such time as they choose to. Uh, give people more firm details. It also, I think, is Nintendo acknowledging that part of the fun of Nintendo in fandom in general uh, is the speculation. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, No other company gets people talking about the possibilities as much as Nintendo does. So I think this is really the first time that they are acknowledging that in such a powerful way as to say, all right, well, we're going to play the game too. We're going to play the teasing game and we're going to give you enough so that you're going to stop banging our doorstep down asking what the hell is this device you're about to put out. Uh, but not so much that we, you know, that we're going to fall out of the conversation. You're going to still have plenty to talk about and fantasize about and, and consider the possibilities about so the reveal itself, uh, definitely thumbs up. And looking at them from a business standpoint already is a good sign because we we know, right, that the last decade and a half, basically, of Nintendo life has been like, 
shitty messaging, <laughs> you know, and yeah, and, and like and, improper uh, business translation. Yeah, shitty messaging and and weird marketing and things like that. So the fact that they nailed that is already great. Yeah. Continuing down that same vein, the name of the console and the reveal's content were also, I think, extremely effective as opposed to the Wii U. And that's that's something I think pretty much everybody noted in, in the various internet hot takes. Yeah. Right? Because Switch, okay, that clearly conveys... Well, I'm going to be switching to do from one thing to another, right? Mm-hmm. And, and as the trailer reveals, from home console gaming to mobile on home console gaming. Right. The primary switch you'll be making. Very, very clear, easily explainable. Nobody's going to have any illusions, unlike, again, the Wii U, where people were like, what the shit is this thing? Right. And and then the people who thought that it was an attachment for the Wii or something. It was and the yeah and the other flaming people, mess. And the other part is that a lot. What a lot of people are saying is that this is the 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 full realization of what uh, most consumers and probably Nintendo themselves saw when they initially started thinking about and developing the Wii U. Definitely that, and I would also add because there've been some other takes as well. Uh, which I think correctly note that Nintendo's always been interested in merging the handheld with uh, the the home console side of things. Always, um, yeah. Let's let's not forget the uh, the link cable for the Game Boy SP and the Nintendo GameCube. Right, the GameCube, Game Boy Link cables, uh, the Game Boy Player for the GameCube. Uh, I think it was like the Wonder Boy or something they had for like the N sixty four, which did similar things. Going all the way back, they they've been. This is the kind of thing that's been on their radar for a while, and it seems like we finally are going to have the full realization of this. Right. Not just them, by the way. Sony with the with the PSP and the Vita, right? Yeah. The PSP and the Vita, the the initial hype around both devices was that this is going to be home console quality gaming on the go. The right. problem with both devices is that, A, what they didn't tell you is that it was slightly watered-down home console gaming on the go, right? Right. And you were buying games twice. And they weren't going to support it once, it's, once it started to not sell that well in the West. Well, that was a whole other scenario, but yeah, I'm talking about the core concept. Those are, I think, two huge hurdles for those devices. Yeah. In the Vita, uh, Vita's um, case... They did eventually go a long way to correcting that with by having cross buy and cross play, which are great as a Vita owner. But that by the time that really became a thing, the Vita was already you know in the market. Right. Not to, oh, and also another thing that killed the Vita was a stupid ass memory card. So that was another shitty ass part of that system. Yeah. Shout out to Sony, but <laughs> shout out. Shout out to Sony, but. With this, this is a full realization, no compromise. What you have in your hands is the exact same thing to the frame that you would be playing on your TV. Huge. Huge. Yeah, it really is huge. So let's get to uh, the actual device and the questions that it raised in terms of how it works. So the biggest question that I had, one one of the coolest things that I that I was uh, was down with, and this is something that we talk about all the time. Actually, is 
the amount of uh, peripherals, right? Right. Uh, you can play this thing in a variety of different ways and they made sure that you knew that. Like that was one of the biggest showcases was that the Joy-Con controllers were detachable from the actual device. You could use them um, – like turn it on its side and it would be like an old school NES controller. You could use them both, uh, you know, independent of one another uh, and give you the freedom of like playing with your arms, just like flailing wildly. Uh, you could a- attach them with this uh, weird like joiner thing, which like may or may not have a home button in the middle. Right. And they had uh, like a classic style pro controller. Um, this is, we, we talk all the time up and down every chance we get about the, uh, about personal preference in weapons of choice. And this is, this is really, really, really cool that they were, that they came out and said, Hey, listen, we know that we've been throwing all kinds of weird controller options at you in the past, but, um, but, but we, we are trying to meet you in the middle. We want you to have all these options still, but we're going to make it as, uh, as like all encompassing as, as we can. We're going to give you as many of them at once as we can. Right. So I didn't think about it like that, but that's a very good point. I thought, I thought of it a lot, but my, my, my deal was how, first off, what comes in, what actually comes included? Do we know if the, if the traditional like pro style controller comes included or not? I'm betting not. I'm betting it's good. The the retail package is probably Dock, console, and a, and a Joy-Con grip. Dock, console, Joy-Con grip. The other question is that is – so the the dock is nothing other than a dock that also charges, right? The dock is just to – Nintendo came out and did say the dock is just to uh, send a game to the TV and charge it. So I'm assuming – And I'm, I'm praying it also has Ethernet. Right. Okay. Sure. And then that's a that's a, that's a, another question. Speaking of internet, was that uh, a couple of people on the internet uh, were saying, "Will this uh, console, since the console is mobile in and of itself, it's not a, a mobile detachment. The entire thing is actually mobile. Right. Uh, will it have um, LTE or four G capability?" That's same. another interesting thing. I, yes, yeah. I have seen that uh, pop up as well. I honestly don't know, though. Interestingly enough, it and this it may not be in this edition, but uh, one of the interesting things, just as a quick sidebar, is that because this is a tablet, I think people are forgetting that as a tablet, Nintendo can easily now go to the tablet model. They can. If they wanted to, they could release one of these every year. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And that would, that would be perfectly within tablet um, market standard, wouldn't it? Right? Well, yes and no. How – this is – that's – I mean that's pretty far-fetched. What do you what, – what would be the impetus for doing such a thing and what would the uh, – what would the upgrades entail – and, you know, what's – I assume it would all be part of the Switch family and everything would be interchangeable. Well, same – it would be the same thing as always, right? When, when, if Apple is releasing a new iPad every year, which pretty much is what they do, it spec bump whatever tiny new features, but everything you do carries forward. 
it just gives you the option of having the better hardware. I don't think they would release every year. I just put that as like they could. I'm betting that uh, if we're following like what Sony and Microsoft are doing, they likely will probably do. For them, they're more conservative, so I would imagine it's going to be every three to four. Um, but yeah, they they are no if going to the Switch means that they're no longer in the normal console paradigm if that makes sense right well they they when they said march 2017 we already knew that they, well, that yeah, they were true, that they were just they, removing themselves forcibly from the rest of the video game industry in that regard true um but yeah as far as um the the actual upgrade path i don't know if that's going to become like a, a a as big a deal as i just you know Throughout there, I'm just saying that it's on the table. Sure, uh, it definitely is. But I don't know. It's um with the various configurations they have, it just gives you so many. Uh, this they literally could do what anything. I mean, they could put a, a version of the system out without the Joy-Con as like the budget version. Hey, you already have those. Just buy the upgraded tablet, right? And right. then slide in your existing things. So we d- we don't know what actually comes included. We assume it will be the dock, the tablet, the Joy-Con. Mm-hmm. But I mean, yeah, they have to include the Joy-Con. That's the whole point. But right. But the I uh, imagine it's just going to be the grip that comes with the thing stock. So do you, you think you think that the the actual grip that joins the Joy-Con controllers, if you're using the tablet as the actual screen, will come included? Yeah, that I think is probably going to be included because that I mean, think about it, right? You buy a uh, a home console, it always comes with a controller, right? Yeah. In this case, it's a little different, but they still have to give you some method of being able to play in home console mode. Now, you might say, well, then include the Pro Controller, but that's a second controller, technically. Right. The The Pro Controller that they did showcase doesn't seem to attach to anything. It seems to be the only, like, independent peripheral that they showed, but the thing is that they did show it. And yeah, that's a straight-up wireless, you know, yeah, old-school-style controller. Regular controller. So. Right. So it see that is interesting though because it, it's I, I get I get that they felt the need to show it, but we're all assuming that it's going to be separate. But I mean, if it's not, that would be amazing. Right. That's what Save I'm me, saying. Pays me fifty bucks or whatever they're gonna charge for it. Right. And uh, but I'm saying that there there certainly exists the possibility that it won't because or that it, that it will be included because what I'm saying is that. You buy a console, literally any mm-hmm. console, it comes with one controller. Right. Right? Even with um, even with the Wii, right? Mm-hmm. The nunchuck came with it. Right. Because so, you needed the nunchuck for many games. Right. And then for the Wii U, you're looking at uh, you know, the pro controller was separate, but after after four years, Nintendo became pretty attuned to a lot of the issues that faced the Wii U, and I think one of them was people didn't like that you were forced to use the gamepad, and that you couldn't, and that you could only uh, 
and that you could only connect one gamepad to Wii U at a time, right? There were so right. many limitations in terms of control, and the the Wii U Pro controller, which is the regular controller, probably sold so well. They probably went like one for one. I would I would venture to say that like nine out of every ten, uh, maybe even more because because like I said, you can only con- you can only connect one um, pro. Uh, um, gamepad gamepad to the Wii U so you people were likely buying two pro controllers per console i bet that they outsold the Wii U with the pro controller and i think that this might be something that they would have at least very seriously considered including i'm sure i mean hey they could always do bundles right but i for me, I can't imagine, especially if one of their objectives is to make a sweet price, uh, I cannot imagine that a pro controller is part of it because you technically already have one. Well, it's not the greatest arrangement. The Joy-Con grip does not look like the greatest arrangement for a home console, but you can use it, right? Right, but why, why, not, um, why not make the controller – backwards compatible they already went out and said that the uh the cartridge based system that the switch is going to use is not going to be backwards compatible with the 3ds cartridges which is sad but makes uh, sense given what it's going to be they said this is a single screen experience right but why would they not make uh i mean if there is some type of usb attachment to this thing or to the dock which i imagine there would be uh, why not make the Wii U Pro Controller compatible with the Switch? They very well may. And Actually, then, I think that would be a great idea if they did. And yeah. there's, it's fairly realistic to think they might. I mean, Nintendo's pretty good about legacy controllers. Mm-hmm. Uh, from everything from having GameCube support for Smash 4 to the array of things that can be used on most Wii and Wii U games, right? And I really think that they need to... Do something. I don't know if they will, but I think it would be really, really smart and great if they were to come out and say, all right, all the dudes and dudettes who bought peripherals for the Wii U, all your Wii U stuff, except for the games, because it's not backwards compatible, is going to be compatible with the Switch. If you bought a Pro Controller, cool. Your Pro Controller will work on the Switch because the Switch does not come with the the new Switch controller. Um if you bought the GameCube adapter, the GameCube controller adapter for the Wii U for Smash, congratulations, The that is also compatible. If for whatever reason you want to use the GameCube controller for a Nintendo Switch game, which I know half of you motherfuckers do, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's... it's it's gonna be okay if you bought the if you bought the converter back in the in the Wii U era. You know, thanks for sticking with us. We know we didn't sell that well, but that stuff is compatible. So you're bringing up two points, one of which I'm going to come back to later. Okay. But point one is that specifically with GameCube support, I think there's a good chance that you'll be able to plug that adapter into the dock. But then you get into the question, well, what about on the go, right? Right. Uh, what you may seen people already studying concepts on the internet. about um, different Joy-Cons. So, remember, you can slide each Joy-Con off the system, right? 
So what if Nintendo comes out with different versions of the Joy-Con? Uh, so you know Nintendo likes a good kooky concept. Right. So they may do some outlandish concept for a game that uses its own special Joy-Cons. And one of the concepts that people came up with was basically split a GameCube controller in half and slide them in. Wow. They very well may come up with that. I did not uh, I did not hear that. Mm-hmm. But that just blew my mind. Crazy, right? That would be crazy. But the thing is, is like, okay, so on on the right, but the the, the here's here's my issue with this, and it's not an it's not an issue. It would be uh, Nintendo's issue, right. wherein the Joy-Con controller is symmetrical, and that is that's the whole deal is. Uh, you, because they had that whole point, uh, that, that whole spot in the in the trailer where they they sat down and they, they actually played 2K, which was really wild to see. But they, uh, you know, everybody was handed one half of the Joy-Con, and you you just turned it on one side, and it was like the old style, the old old school style NES controller with just the two buttons and the and the joystick. And I imagine there's maybe some type of shoulder button involved, but with the GameCube controller, it's it's inherently asymmetrical. So they would have to oh, come so up. You can't. Well, I mean, this could since it's a special edition Joy-Con, they could simply say, I mean, well, you're not using this as, um, you're not going to be able to use this as you would the regular Joy-Con. Yeah, so like, keep that in mind. But war- this is warning. for the hardcore people. If you put it this way, if you're the kind of person that wants the GameCube Joy-Con, you'll understand what you what functionality you lose. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, so that's that is an option, but at the same time, if you're going to do something like that, where it's not meant to be split. Mm-hmm. And it is f- and it is game specific. Mm-hmm. Then why would they not just allow support for the Wii U GameCube controller adapter and let people just use the GameCube controller? Unless oh, I'm, say- I'm saying they do both because okay. at home you can use the GameCube adapter, but how are you going to do that when you're on the go? You can't. I, I can't right, imagine this thing's going to have two USB ports, and even if it did, that'd look really stupid. Right. It's for on the go. But one of the other things is that <laughs> one of the other things is that this entire thing, this entire concept, right? Yep. Let's let's be honest. Let's this entire concept is precluded on the notion that whoever is genuinely using this uh, device on the go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It has a has like a different level of sophistication. Uh, not sophistication. I don't know what the best word to use is without um, without bringing up like old uh, like video game tropes. But essentially, like if you're the type of person who doesn't feel like self conscious playing a Vita in like a public place, right? Then you're probably if given the option, you're probably not the type of person who would feel shame, uh, ha- like play, like having the the tablet device straight up like hooked up to a GameCube controller. Yeah, but even so, it's super unwieldy, right? Like you're gonna have to be pl- you're playing with that controller, and then what are you doing with the tablet? Frog, like, how, it's gonna have to- 
Frog, how dare you speak ill of the best controller ever invented? <laughs> Listen, I love me some GameCube controller, but I'm just saying. Right, that, right, right, right. It, it's, 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 it's much, uh, it's, it's much but, easier to have the whole thing. And then another th- on the go, but another part of the whole on the go discussion is that I know we're I and I apologize. I know we're like jumping all over the place, but this is really like how it comes down. But. Uh, is there going to be a cover for this thing? Like a case? Oh, I'm sure. I wouldn't worry about that. I'm sure there's going to be a cover. There's going to be a, uh, whatchamacallit, there's going to be all sorts of cases and stuff. There'll be third-party cases. Nintendo will do their own. I'm not worried about that angle at all. Okay. Uh, and that's just another That's just another thing they can sell you, right? Well, yeah, that's that's fine. You know, if... if if a case becomes available, I'll, I'll get it. But I'm saying like, I'm, I'm inherently skeptical of something that isn't, that leaves an, a, a screen bare. Like I love the sure. clamshell style of the 3ds. Right. Um, Me too. I, I just feel safe. Like if I, if for some reason I didn't have my case for my Vita, I would be very, I would be constantly self-conscious of having my Vita exposed in my backpack but with the 3DS, you know, I'm, I'm okay because the screen's protected. Right. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't worry about it too, too much because if, if this is going to be a standard tablet, as we expect it will be, right? Uh, it's going to have Gorilla Glass on it. So your average day crap in your bag is not going to mess the thing up as – as it would, for example, the 3ds or the DS screens; those things were vulnerable. Right, but but Frog, you forget. I my backpack always has a round of barbed wire in it at all times. <laughs> well, in your case, <laughs> so I need the case. You don't understand. I, I, I need this case <laughs> to protect my 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 precious devices. Right. Um, barbed yeah. wire, barbed wire, and a and a PlayStation Vita. Like that's the only thing I carry with me <laughs> everywhere I go. <laughs> like American Express. Don't leave home without it. Right. <laughs> yeah, don't leave home without your PlayStation Vita and your role of barbed wire. Exactly. Uh, I'll also add that this gets us now to – let's talk a little more real quick on the, the concept and the portability, right? Yeah. So we were talking about the various configurations this thing comes in. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Right? Yeah. The fact that – you can detach the controllers. I don't think people understand how big that could potentially be. Because that means what Nintendo has essentially done to the Switch, as they basically elaborated in the trailer, is that they are taking our most beloved form of multiplayer, local with your buddies multiplayer, clearly also Nintendo's most beloved form, and they are moving it out of the basement. We know that Nintendo hates the stereotype of the basement dwelling gamer, and they want no part. Right. No part. I, I honestly think that that mentality alone is part of why they refuse to uh, compete in the the bloody arms race of tech that the the Sony's and Microsofts of the world get into. Yeah. But anyway, uh, because they are constantly trying to bring a fresher face to gaming in general, I think this is also part of that drive. Well, Saying, okay, yeah. well now, you're going to have your multiplayer sessions 
in however, whatever form you want with you at any given time. So if you're the only one in the room with the Switch, hand each side of the Joy-Con over to people. You have two-player, multiplayer happening right in front of you. In our case, uh, we already know everybody in our group is going to have this thing, mm-hmm. whether sooner or later. So we're all going to whip ours out with con- pro controllers, thank you very goddamn much. <laughs> and then we're going to play local wireless multiplayer without need for split screen. Uh huh. Right wherever we are. Right. If we're really nerdy. We could we, we could be at a restaurant, haul these things out, and be playing full experience Mario Kart while waiting for food. Right, and and that's the thing is that like they, the scenarios they they let the more uh, the the gaming enthusiasts kind of fill in the blanks as to what this thing could actually accomplish. But the only thing they really showed in the trailer was, like, a very positive uh, interpretation of what it would look like in a social setting. Exactly. And, and that, was, that was another really brilliant part of it, was that, I mean, they had, they had people, uh, you know, like, at parties and, like, doing actual physical activity and then, you know, taking a break to uh, play 2K and, and stuff like that. So this was this is something that you could see people doing without uh, without any type of cringe factor, right? Right, exactly. And it was and you know, but y- people like you and me look at it and say, oh damn, we could do this in a restaurant, right? That's <laughs> right. And Nintendo was Nintendo's just like, your words, not mine, right? Yeah, but, exactly, exactly. But they yeah, show, the gaming enthusiasts yeah. are like, this means, you know, our hardcore nonsense can be we can, this is you know what they've done with this? They've given hardcore gamers a uh, survival pack. <laughs> right? In many in many ways, the 3DS has already been like, and the DS and all the handhelds before it have been the hardcore gamer survival pack for a long time. But now they're like, Nobby, you're gonna get the real deal now. We've got you covered, Frog. That's that's actually brilliant because if you think about it, the way that and and and, and you know, really, if you really go as far back as the OG Game Boy. Mm-hmm. I mean, this might not have been originally how it was marketed, but the way that that certainly would have became the the way that it had grown culturally Mm -hmm. is literally a survival pack. It was the thing that killed the like uh, you know the the like uh, shitty uh, you know paperback crossword puzzle thing on road trips. It was the thing that killed the magazine stands at airports, right? This right. this thing was the thing that you had that you would much rather waste time on a plane or in a car with or on a boat or like anything. And to the point where they have on display at the Nintendo World Store in New York City a original Game Boy that saw combat in the first Gulf War. And it still works. And this is brilliant because they've they've, uh, 
they've kind of embodied it, but they also let the consumer create this vision of the handheld, of specifically the Nintendo handheld, for themselves. And then Nintendo has just been pushing it since then. But this is something that is is just as much a product of consumership as it is of Nintendo marketing. Exactly. Uh, and it's funny how even though the times have changed, right? I mean, the Game Boy, hence the name Boy, yep. it was uh, heavily marketed to kids. By the way, so will this machine too. But it is clear, as, as we know, uh, the, the enthusiast gamer crowd never gave up handhelds, has no intention of doing so. Mm-hmm. And Nintendo has wisely, with this initial revealed, looked straight at them and said, well, we made something for you. Yeah. That, which is another part that I neglected to mention of the reveals marketing, right? Uh, note, which is something that, again, widely noted on the internet. No kids were in this advertisement. None. They, that, was, that was the other thing. It was like everybody, everybody in this... Uh, advertisement was uh, a, a um, our age, like twenty something. Yeah, twenty something, like you know, a, a youngish adult, but like a young professional, not young adult as as in like in like the the literature sense, but a young adult in like the professional sense. And yeah. uh, they were all like n- like they were they all had like friends and stuff going on. And that's the other thing is that when. You know, when, when Sony and Microsoft release a, a, a console, they, they try and advertise it, advertise it to a point where, you know, they're saying it's for, it's for quote-unquote everybody, but what they neglect every single time is how do people in 2013, 2014, 2015, 2016, 2017 actually live their lives, especially in uh, a densely populated area. Like every single – it seemed as though every person that – uh, they advertised lived in an urban area, right? And you ha- you kind of have to do it that way if you're uh, advertising for both eastern and western audiences because of how densely populated Japan is. But also, you know, you can you can reasonably expect that a lot of your market is going to come from people living in American cities as well. So one of the things that uh, Sony and and Microsoft always neglect is you're still married to your home, to your couch, to your living room, to your bedroom, whatever. And the types of games that we're going to have on it are going to be, be for everybody, but is the console itself going to be for everybody? And here and now, we finally have it, what it seems to be the full package, the, um, you know, the, 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 the entire, uh, you know, realization, the entire... Uh, evolutionary endpoint of people our age in their 20s and 30s and 40s and 50s who have stuff going on, who yep. have things to do and things to take care of and spend way less time sitting on their couch than they would really, really like to. And this is this is the ultimate survival pack. This is the you can bring this with you anywhere, and it's the whole thing. It's, the whole thing. It's not the no compromise. It's not the there is no compromise. You are not saying, "Am I going to hang out with my friends at the bar tonight, or am I going to hang out with my friends on Discord playing Monster Hunter tonight?" 
there's no there's no decision anymore. And that's the that's the real brilliance of the whole always mobile thing is that Nintendo no longer asks you for their time. Nintendo is now saying do whatever it is that you were already doing. Go right ahead. We're going to be there for the ride. We're going to be right. You can't get rid of us anymore. We're here. We're here to stay. I don't care where you pull me out. I'm good. We're good to go. (laughs) We are good to go. I don't care if your restaurant has an hour wait. Fine. All the better. That means you're going to hunt some monsters and it's going to be great. (laughs) Nintendo's like, good. Nintendo's like, I hope they undersold you on the wait. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because, because you're gonna hold out this tablet. Because your your asses, yeah, because your asses, you're about to go out onto the curb, sit down, and play Mario Kart. And I hope that restaurant never calls your table. <laughs> and because like, you will enjoy me forever. Yeah, and that's and that's the brilliant thing is that like they've 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 set us free essentially. Pretty much. I, I, I feel like when I think about the Switch, I feel like a tent. Like it's a tent you always carry with you. And then you're just going to, you know, erect a tent wherever as necessary. Yeah. Yeah. Like you you, you just like quick, like uh, real quick set up shop. And yeah. you're And, and you're then good. when necessary, break it down. Easy. Yeah. Easy. Uh, this is going to make impromptu land parties possible. Oh my god. You know, and it's crazy that you mentioned land parties because here I am playing uh, the new Battlefield, which I, I know that the, I know that we we said we were only talking about the Nintendo Switch here, but like I can't really say enough good things about the new Battlefield. It's so much fun in so many different ways. Uh, I'm going to have a written piece up later this week. Uh, I, I, I just put the fu- uh, finishing touches on it today, and it's mostly about Battlefield and all of the really smart things that I think it did. And... I'm playing with a lot of people that I know in real life. Obviously, I'm I'm playing with a lot of coworkers and and uh, and stuff like that. I got a couple of I, I got a couple of old school friends who are playing it too, and we actually flirted with the idea of a land party, and uh-huh. and at and at this point, it was almost done in jest because we knew that there's no way realistically that one any of us have the space in our apartments. For a land right. party, and two, why, why on God's green earth would we go through the trouble of moving our computer towers and our monitors and our keyboards, our like expensive peripherals and all of our stuff, yep. like down the street to each other's apartments to to play this game that we could easily do over Disc- over Discord? Like, right. why on earth would we do? Like, there is. There is no reason for us to regress technologically in that way. And and it's it's great. Like we've we've got the Discord server up, like we made one just for this game. It's it's so lit, it's beyond it's beyond lit. It's and, beyond lit. And well and well. like this this past weekend I don't remember. Uh, I think they sent out an all points bulletin for us. Like I think they were worried. Because nobody <laughs> saw it. like we went we went full on we went all in on Battlefield One, and it and it's really been a blast. And I, I really have a lot of positive things to say about it. I have plenty of negative things to say about it. And if you check out our Twitter, I've I've definitely uh, commented on what they could have done better. But the game is a lot of fun. But here in 2016, the idea of an old school land party is preposterous. But 
here. You Nobody's know, doing perpot- well, maybe with computers, certainly. Listen, the last time I did a LAN party, I remember the last time. I, I remember where I was and how old I was the last time that I had a legit LAN party. And how long ago was this one? I I I think that a conservative estimate would be early two thousand early two thousand nine. Which is fairly recent, if we're being honest. It's fairly recent, but you and I are enthusiast gamers. Sure. Now I know people who I work with who play games and they're like, I you know, I did a land party, you know, ten years ago, maybe eleven years ago. Right. Something like that to play Quake and the original Battlefield and stuff like that. So we're looking at we're looking at an age where it's becoming increasingly ridiculous to have a LAN party, a, a, like a like a true old school like let's bring all of our uh, heavy expensive equipment uh, to the other side of town to somebody's living room and marry ourselves to the idea of doing one thing for the next. X amount of hours. And the Nintendo Switch answers all of those questions for you. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't go so far as to say it's a ridiculous idea. It's still something that has kind of a appeal in a certain way. But as you said, the Switch makes this a much, much more appealing prospect, right? Because if you're... It's actually a good thing you brought up Battlefield because... If the power of this machine lines up, which is something else I want to get into in a little bit, uh, then that means you're actually going to have a lot of people who will probably buy games twice. Uh, because there will likely there'll be people like you and I who may want their sit-down experience to be on PC, uh, but will say, oh, but I'm getting that Switch version whenever uh, because I want to be able to take it with me I want to be able to hook up with other people on the Switch, and we're going to have impromptu LAN parties, right? So, good example again, Battlefield. Battlefield's lit. So, for the most part, you'll be playing on PC and going in on your mechanical keyboards and what have you. Cool. But you may eventually get the mobile version, the Switch version, so that no matter what convention or event or whatever, you meet people, you're with friends, Endless possible situations where you may say, oh, hey, let's play some Battlefield 1. Think about how ridiculous that is. The fact that that sentence can exist, or most likely will exist, is already crazy. Do you want to play Battlefield 1? Two years ago, shit, forget two years ago, today, that means, sure, let me go home. Right. (laughs) I'll, I'll call you in two hours. Yeah. And we'll hook up on the internet. When the Switch comes out, that can very well mean haul your tablet out, we're going to sit on a bench over there, and we're going to rock. Yeah, and you know, it, it's it's going to be even more plausible with um, uh, with like with like smaller indie games. Like, I immediately, yes. I immediately thought of Rocket League. You can easily, you can get a copy of Rocket League for 10 bucks. If you guys don't have anything to do for the weekend and don't feel like going home... I mean, it makes so much more sense to just be like, "Oh yeah, get your, uh, you know, get get Rocket League going." I I, yeah. I I immediately go back to Rocket League just because Rocket League is just the gift that keeps on giving, 
It really but, is. Rocket League will be an amazing, amazing thing for the Switch. And well, I didn't even think about it, and and you're totally right. It'll be that will be utterly astounding for multiplayer. Yeah. Don't forget also, as they kind of hinted at in the trailer, uh, we're not going to be chained most likely to like three or even four people. You could they're probably support up to like eight in a single session. Uh, yeah. Chained together, which will be completely outrageous. Uh, two things you just reminded me of. So one is that I the point I neglected to make earlier, which was responding to you talking about AT and T. Uh, I was going to bring up that actually just yesterday they announced that they because I'm sure you've heard that they're in this big uh, bid to buy out Time Warner, like eighty five billion dollar buyout. Right, of course. And apparently they came out yesterday and said. We're going to do a streaming TV service, uh, $35 a month. So they're going at Cable's jugular here, which is, I'm sure, why they want Time Warner. Right. Because they probably want to leverage all those relationships. Anyway, point being, as part of that announcement, they announced that they're trying to roll out 5G networks by 2018-2019. And part of the reason they're doing that is so that they can support delivering your tv to you over the air Mm -hmm. now the fact that that such a thing will soon exist means that even if nintendo does not this go around put that in the switch they very well may consider doing so in 2018 2019 uh because the pipes the over the air pipes will be good enough we hope for a reasonable uh reasonable I suppose the term would be AT&T mobile network-based gaming. Cellular network-based gaming. So are It'll you, probably yeah. annihilate your battery. But <laughs> it can be done. Right, and that's, the, that's another question we don't have an answer to is what is the battery life going to look like. But um, what uh, – so, so you're, you're saying that this could in the future be a type of – uh, you know, like like the ultimate, like the end all be all pinnacle of uh, of of mobile multimedia. Yes. Yeah, so think about this. Think about a scenario we could potentially have. Yeah. Rocket League. You may the- theoretically we could have the scenario where there are let's say four of you who were in some park or whatever and said, "Oh, well, I'm tired of kicking the ball around. Haul out the switch. We're going to play Rocket League." Yep. Theoretically, you could have a scenario where you're, all four of you are playing on your each on your individual tablets and over the air going against people on the internet. Yeah, that's 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 the idea. That's what that's I want. That's insanity, but we may very well get there in the next couple of years. Yep. So that's going to be Oh my god! I can't even believe it. <laughs> the hype is just, is, just, is just consuming me all over again. You just the had second to, point. You I just had to, you just had to pause on yourself. I really did. I just like, I decided I decided to reflect. Uh, <laughs> the second point I wanted to make is that uh, indie devs, I think, are going to flock to this thing mm-hmm. because remember what we've just been talking about—the whole idea of impromptu land sessions. And really re- trying to repopularize local multiplayer. Yeah. The indie revol- part of the indie revolution has been saying, well, guess what? We like local multiplayer, goddammit, and we're going to do it. Right. 
So all those people who did those games, they're going to have a very big incentive to bring them to Switch. If you're somebody who, who, you know, like the studio behind Nidhogg and, you know, countless of Samurai Gun, um, whatchamacallit, uh, Towerfall Ascension and all these various local multiplayer hits, why the hell not, you know? Yeah, I, it's it's um, and and that's that's like one of that's been one of the bigger criticisms of Nintendo, uh, you know, for a while now is that is is the lack of third party support. But every single one of the games that they showcased, with the exception of uh, Breath of the Wild and Mario, which you have obviously had to show, but everything else that they showed, two K, what looked like Skyrim. These are all these are all third party things that haven't existed on on a Nintendo console in a while or ever, right? So there, it's it's definitely seems like something that they want to and are trying to address. Uh, and if you notice that both of those things that they that they showed were were Western phenomenons too. So this is you know this is uh, definitely something that was catered to a a, a thing that kind of encompasses like the type of person we all perceive all perceive ourselves to be which is yes which is this you know uh 20 30 something uh generally you know well like generally socially competent uh human individual that likes video games and wants it to be more of a thing and now Nintendo's like it. It can be like, look at you, you, uh, you twenty, uh, you twenty nine year old, you thirty four year old pers- <laughs> person with a job and responsibilities and uh, wishes they could play more video games. Here we are. You know, go to your rooftop party, whatever. We don't care. It's 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 fine. Like we're on your side. We know who you are. We've been watching you since you were, uh, since you were in diapers. Uh, and, and we love the person that you've grown up to be. You've, you've grown up to be this, uh, this, this like generally responsible American and and you like, uh, and you like basketball and you like Mario and that's totally cool with us. People think that that might be weird and you might have to explain yourself to people, but like we, we know that that's normal. We know that you live in, uh, you live in Manhattan and you've got your small apartment and maybe you've got roommates and there's weird parties that you have to go to, to remain socially relevant. And, and we still don't care. Like none of that is going to affect our relationship between, between you and me, Nintendo. That was very, very personal. But, I, I, but I that's the that thing. Like, this, the, it was such a personal ad. Like it hit home on so many levels, especially as like – I mean they, they hit the broadest thing. But like it, it just reminded me of how, of how average I am in a good way. Like I'm right. not weird for liking the things I like and Nintendo is, is like – Good. We we you're not weird either. Nobody thinks you're weird. We, bring your bring your Nintendo Switch to the party, dude. It's fine. Yeah, I mean the other thing, they are correct to note that too because if there's any companies whose games are going to be socially acceptable in like a party environment, it would be Nintendo. Right. Because they are so immediately approachable and friendly from a visual and design standpoint 
that, you know, even people are like, what are you losers doing? Hand them a controller and they'll shut up pretty in, in short order. And we've been to – I have been to uh, parties back in the day, house parties, college parties, whatever, where there has just been Mario Kart set up. And, and you know, back then I used to like roll my eyes and be like, oh, they got Mario Kart 64 set up. Like this is just a hipster party. <laughs> but that sent, but that that sentiment can't be ignored. That people like these games, and it's and it's fine, and it's cool, and we're getting to a point where even if even if at one point in the in the last fifteen years it was uh, you know it was it was more acceptable to like poo poo on people's uh, like nerdist hobbies. Just just the conversation that we had last week of like the the commodification of of nerd culture and like the meshing of nerd culture and popular cultural culture in general has allowed things like Mario uh, Mario Kart to be played, uh, you know, just just like extravagantly, um, you know, like nestled at like front and center at a party is okay, and it's gone beyond. Uh, you know, the, the quirk, the quirkiness that it once held to a point where it's like kind of hype and cool and we all want it there. Even if nobody is like going to get invited to the party and say, oh, awesome. Yeah, I'll go to your party. Uh, is there going to be Mario Kart? It doesn't matter. Like if somebody puts it there, it'd be like some, if somebody put like chips and dip out or something. It's it's just it's OK if it's just there. Right. It's, 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 uh, you know, we're not there yet. We always talk about how we're not there. We're not where we could be, uh, where we would like to be in terms of social acceptance. We're not, but this could go a very long way to getting there. Exactly. Because here's another thing I'll throw in there. Uh, on top of all you just said, mobile gaming, right? Mobile gaming is socially acceptable. And what Nintendo is going to be trying to do is to basically be the ambassador between the two. That's what they wanted. To, that was what the Wii was about. Yeah. The great ironic tragedy of the Wii is that Nintendo in their – Nintendo's mission with the Wii was to, to prove to the marketplace that we can sell people who don't play video games video games. They proved to be correct. Yeah. The ironic tragedy was that Apple came along and stole all their customers. Mm-hmm. So they're like, cool. Mobile, cool. Same philosophy applies. But now we're going to give you one device to handle all that. We're going to say to you, all right, check out our device. You know, it's going to play all these mobile games you love, and I'm sure a bunch of uh, new exclusive shit or whatever, how they're going to cook that up. Uh but we're also going to have, you know, all these other kinds of games that you may not have tried before. And you have, the, you have the device now. Why not give it a shot? Right? So this is going to go a long way, I think, toward helping to mainstream uh, gaming and helping to remove some of the, the, uh, the, nasty, the nasty side of it for a lot of people, which is going to be really exciting. Um, so a couple other quick... I have. I want to go through with you my top five factors I think are going to be needed for success. And in that discussion, I think we're going to hit a lot of the relevant points that we have not talked about yet. Sure. But before we get there, uh, 
there's a couple other things I wanted to know. So, uh, one of the things that has also been mentioned on the internet a bit, and that I like, is uh, they noted that already we saw this this system is indeed going to use game cards. Yeah. No disc obviously makes perfect sense. You're on a tablet. You can't be doing that. Uh, and I think this is going to be very interesting for the industry because we're getting to a point where consoles are now become one of the biggest arguments for console gaming is convenience, right? Yeah. As opposed to PC, consoles are plug and play, allegedly at at, at least. Yeah. Uh, but we're getting further and further away from that with the new gen consoles. This may be, I don't, I think this is a byproduct of Nintendo's overall strategy, but this is going to be a good answer to the current bitching about uh, consoles being less plug and play. Because you're going to have, this thing is going to run on what I'm sure are going to be over glorified proprietary SD cards. Mm-hmm. And. I'm sure the the access speed is not going to be cartridge fast, uh, but it's going to be faster than dealing with discs, uh, discs, <laughs> dealing with discs and installs and all that other crap, right? Yeah. So I think, and given that we seem to be able to expect regular people games on this machine, I think that's going to be huge. Yeah. That could really be something that's going to be a, a drawing point for the console. Yeah, and I, I, I got a lot of friends and coworkers who play games and they're just like, I can't deal with all of the updates. It's so annoying, stuff like that. And with, uh, you know, with cartridges, it's a little bit more, you know, uh, stippy. Yeah, it's going to be a little snappier. I mean, there's still going to be lots of updates and stuff like that. And then that's going to be another thing. I hope the UI on this machine is going to be up to par. Uh, the Wii U's was slow as balls. I'm sure this machine will address that much. But yeah, it was a little questionable too, but it was it was generally fine. You could always the design improve. was fine. Yes, you could always improve on the UI though. Yeah, what I want to see is a more centralized uh, approach to the networking online gaming aspect. It still feels very touch and go on Wii U. Like all the games that have online functionality work just fine, but they all kind of exist in their own little silo as opposed to. Uh, PlayStation, Xbox, they clearly are all hooked into the uh, PlayStation Network experience. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So hopefully that's something they can address. Uh, But anyway, so one more point before I go to the top five. But uh, the other thing is that this machine, a lot of people have also been noting, is that this machine is going to kill in Japan. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we've... This is uh, this is well known at this point that uh, mobile gaming, whether it's on uh, a phone or a tablet or handheld, is is just uh, like a ru- like runaway like runaway success in Japan. Mobile and has con- forget runaway success. It has conquered Japan yeah. in the Japanese ga- gaming industry. Yeah, uh, much to the chagrin of enthusiast gamers on both sides of the, of the Pacific, uh, you know, you now have a lot of Japanese developers who are saying it simply is not going to be worth it for us to pursue console gaming because it's A, very expensive, and B, nobody in Japan plays console games anymore. I mean, even the PS4, the worldwide market leader, is barely made a dent in Japan. Yeah. 
So yeah, this thing's gonna be huge and huge in Japan. There's just no question. There's not even much for us to discuss about it. Like, yeah, Nintendo is gonna kill there. But actually, there's a little something to discuss because think about this. Okay. Remember that uh, this device is most likely going to be the handheld successor as well, right? Yeah. And who car- currently carries, aside from Nintendo, who carries Nintendo handhelds? Japan. Right. Uh, so we may get a nice new influx of really high-quality Japanese games because of this device. Because this solves the problem of, for the folks who were making games on handheld because they didn't have to deal with console nonsense, well, here you go. You are still making a handheld game, which will hopefully be not as uh, expensive to deal with as dealing with full-blown consoles, uh, but your players will still get the console experience should they choose to get it. And you can still uh, take comfort in knowing that Nintendo is going after both that handheld slash mobile audience and the home console audience. You'll be theoretically they'll be able to maximize the amount of people they will sell to. Uh, also, point B of that is that what is one of the biggest genres on handheld RPGs, Japanese RPGs. Yep. So I'm fully expecting this machine to be like JRPG heaven. I cannot wait. Makes sense. I can't wait. Yeah. Um, so, right, so run down your top five, and we'll close yeah. it out. But let me let me hear those. Let me hear that top five. Well, the top five. There's gonna be some discussion on each of these. Yeah. So, top five. So, th- five things that Nintendo needs for success. Right. Point five, uh, going from least important to most important. Uh, transition. So, the Wii U obviously bombed, but a lot of people like you and I bought it. Mm-hmm. And it is clear that Nintendo is going to try and port over a lot of Wii U hits to the Switch, which they should. Uh, I would like to see them leverage that. I would like to see them leverage the Wii U library in a way that A, uh, appeals to people who didn't play those games, but more importantly for me, B, uh, gives a little bit of a mea culpa to the people who did buy them already. So I'm hoping to either see either A, then do a, a pack-in program. So they uh, to be aggressive, they pack in like a couple of those Wii U ports with the console when you buy it. Uh, which, again, is a kill two birds with one stone. The people that didn't play the games and are interested in the Switch, bam, here you go. And the people who bought it already but are not trying to buy it twice, bam, here you go. You got it with the console. Uh, either that or a program where if you are a Wii U owner, you might get discounted pricing on those old games. I'd like to see them do that. That'd be – I mean that'd be great because I have a bunch of Wii U shit. <laughs> right, exactly. So yeah, and- that, would be a, that would be a good way to say thank you to the fans and also – Make sure you get them on board the new machine as soon as possible. Yeah. They'll want every sale they can get, right? Yeah, and especially especially because we know that the cartridges aren't going to be uh, backwards compatible with 3DS. You know, yeah, it, backward it, compatibility is not happening. It would so. be, well, yeah, it's, it's not happening, which is, which is fine. I, I, I wasn't exactly expecting it, but at the same time, if they were to do something – uh, yeah, it'd be exactly. cool because exactly. because it was you know the Wii U is backwards compatible with the with the Wii, but it, it sold so poorly that you would, and it was around for such a small amount of time, it it would, 
it really would be just good, um, just like good PR. Yeah, it'd be very good with PR, but and also I think there would be financial benefit for them to do this too. Yeah. So point four is we were talking about battery life, right? Oh yeah, huge. It's a, it's a big deal, but I honestly don't think it's as big a deal as people think it is. Tell which me why. Is why it's number four. Tell me why because I think it's a big deal. So we live in a mobile first world, right? Yes. Everybody runs around all day with these fancy smartphones. Smartphone battery is not great. No, none of these none of these phones have a particularly great battery, mm-hmm. given what they all do. But we all use them, don't we? Yeah. And the, and we use them is because uh, the benefit we get out of using them ultimately outweighs the annoyance of having to always carry your charger and whatnot with you. Yeah, or any of the fancy like third party external battery type things. There's that too. Exactly. That was my next point. So if you're really that concerned with battery life, there will definitely be a battery pack, an external battery pack that you can get for your device. Uh, The other thing is that because we live in a world where most of us have made the decision to make the trade-off of battery life for all the other features, uh, we already live in a society where you're rarely too far from an outlet. If you know you're going to be in some place for some period of time. Oh, you're never too far away from an outlet. It's also uh, totally uh, acceptable to like bring your phone charger with you and sit somewhere with your phone plugged in. Right. I mean, and I think even among the enthusiast gamer audience, think about PAX. What is PAX right now? But a bunch of people running around looking for outlets for their 3DS and or their Vita. Those five people. Right, the the five the 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 Vita warriors, the five people who bring their Vita to to packs. To packs, right? So, it, running around looking for charge. May their names never be forgotten. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, pour some pour forty out for them. Pour forty but, out for them. Yeah, but we're already used to the idea of uh, having to be cognizant of battery life and carrying uh, the gear appropriate to deal with that with us. Right, it's, uh, I, but I, I think that there, I think that there's a baseline. I think that it has to be acceptable, if not good, like reasonable. I'm I'm confident they can achieve that because yeah. this is Nintendo. Yeah. They've been doing handhelds a very long time, and, the, and none the, of their handhelds have had unacceptable battery life. That's true. The actually the the best uh, the best battery of any uh, portable device phone or otherwise that I've ever possessed in my entire life, hands down, like freakishly good battery life was the SP. For some reason, the SP like never ran out of batteries on me. I don't know what they did with the SP, but they should do that again. (laughs) Well, the problem is that like the SP, even by then, you know, running like SNES style games, you're barely using any power, so that thing could run forever. Right. I for, for me, it was actually DS One, or should say DS Lite. Right. The DS Lite I found to be like never run out of battery, and I thought that was more impressive because that was a fairly complex 3D console. Sure. Uh, so that was amazing. But even the 3DS, I mean, yeah, sometimes it'll be there and I'm running out of battery or whatever, but it's it's nothing horrible. No, you're, uh, you're right. It's not. I, I'm, I'm sure, given where we are with battery technology, they'll be able to do something that is going to satisfy the marketplace. Sure. 
Uh, and even if not, I don't think this would be a deal breaker for people buying it because if people look at everything it does, and mind you, we don't even know everything it still does. They still have not confirmed that it's a multi-touch tablet, and I'm positive it is. Positive. They have to. Okay. Um, they haven't unveiled everything it does, but people look at it and say, oh, wow, it does all the shit. I have to have it. Period. And then you'll deal with the battery life. Yeah. So if, if the benefits outweigh crappy battery life, people are going to buy a machine. So that's why I rate that as number four. Well, that's number true. Th- so what's number three? Number three is uh, graphical power slash third party. One leads to the other. Yeah. Uh, I'm actually increasingly less concerned about this, right? So check it out. Here's where we get some tech talk. So NVIDIA confirmed that this machine is going to use a custom version of their Tegra mobile processor, currently found in their Shield K1 tablet, which is basically what the the Switch is going to be. Uh, But they're using, as where the Tegra inside the K1 is based off of the slightly older Maxwell architecture, this is based off of Pascal, which translation is what is in the newly released GTX 10 line. So the baseline of what that Tegra processor is going to be able to do is already pretty absurdly high. Uh, Digital Foundry did a video once that Eurogamer report, well, I think they did it before, but around the time that a Eurogamer report came out that nailed all the rumors for what this machine was going to be. And they did a breakdown talking about, okay, well, since we know the Tegra is going to be in it, what does the Tegra do? They were saying that the Tegra basically gave really good frame rate performance, but the resolution was kind of eh, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And again, that was the old Tegra. We're now using, uh, based on brand new, uh, brand new architecture that we know is really, really powerful. We already know the GTX 109 is way beyond what the PS4 and Xbox One can do. So if if the processor inside the Switch can even achieve 50-60% of what the full-blown card could do, I think they're going to be more than just fine. And there's already reason to believe that this could be the case because I was just reading the other day, uh, NVIDIA has put out... Every time they do a generation of desktop cards, they also come out with the mobile version, right? Mm-hmm. And for this year, they basically said the mobile version was almost completely identical to the desktop version. That's huge. Mm-hmm. Huge. Because that means in very thin laptops, you're going to get desktop-level gaming performance. That's completely outrageous. And that's what they've been driving at for a long time. I have a feeling... I don't know if we're going to be seeing super outrageous performance on the Switch, especially because battery life's an issue, but I have a feeling this will be just fine in the power department. And the other thing that helped me believe that is that we got confirmation that it does support Unreal Engine 4. Right, we did. That's Crytek, huge. And Crytek, the makers of the Cry Engine, are also in their supporters list already. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, everything you're saying is 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 good and well, but Nintendo has been kind of like resting on the laurels of gameplay above graphical quality for a long time, but it's also it's also like a public perception type of thing. Like, you know, as, as long as you maintain uh, a, a baseline and you don't look like crap, right. 
uh, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll make the concessions and you'll forgive because we're, we're beyond the graphics arm race. Yeah, exactly. And, and the reason that Nintendo has all has been reluctant to pursue crazy technology is because it's expensive. Yeah. I mean, it's actually hilariously for all the talk about Sony and Microsoft. That's the reason why people are bitching about, uh, this quote unquote new gen of gaming and the consoles can't do 1080 60 frames per second. Uh, which is because for Sony and Microsoft both knew if they were going to hit the price points they wanted to make this a uh, realistic market device, they had to scale back on power. That was just the name of the game. Yeah. Which is part of the reason why we're going to get PS4 Pro and Scorpio. But now, as Nvidia is showing, uh, we're going from an era of where every year we're driving, just driving up the raw clock speed to trying to get efficiency really, really um, well done. It's basically what happened to CPUs already, right? Back in the day, it was just, okay, push a clock speed higher, push a clock speed higher, push a clock speed higher. But then we got to the point where, you know, the theoretical clock speed wasn't going to be that crazy anymore. So then it became more about stuffing CPU cores on a die and creating super, super efficient processing, thereby speeding up the whole machine. I think that's what we're really getting to with graphics technology now. Uh, They'll be pushing the envelope for what it can do, sure. But now probably the bigger focus is going to be getting all that performance into as small a chip as humanly possible. And I think Nintendo is like, well, now we can do that. <laughs> yeah. Now it is in our now it is in our interest to do that. Yeah. So I'm not worried about the power of this machine, but we'll see, right? And that leads into point two, which is games. Games sell consoles. True. At the end of the day, and if everything I said for point three is right, uh, the games will come. Right, we'll have the third party support, and we'll have, you know, uh, the the like very uh, beautiful and impressive uh, new Zelda titles. Breath of the Wild, from everything we've seen, looks just like super cool, right? And beautiful, and yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Uh, another point I want to make with games is that people I don't see this being talked about enough. Again, assuming, which I think is fair to assume, that this is going to be Nintendo's one golden child going forward, we're talking about the best case scenario that I've been dreaming of, which is that all of Nintendo's formidable development might is going to be focused on one machine. Which means, theoretically, they by themselves will be able to maintain a pretty hefty... um, amount of support. Yeah. Back I mean, in the day, the problem is that they, their resources have been split between supporting the handheld and supporting the console, which led to the giant gaps, right? Yeah. Everything is going on one machine now. Yeah, and Nintendo's first party support, you know, nobody's ever really questioned. So, yeah, now that they only have one thing to focus on, makes a lot of sense. Right? I, it's going to be so great. And people are like, we didn't have too much time to get into this one, but people were getting into this discussion of of skepticism about whether this would sell or not based on who is this machine for. Yeah. Uh, and I, I personally don't see it as being an issue at the end of the day because, again, it goes back to games. And one word in particular is going to have this thing fly off the shelves, and you already know what it is. 
the word is Pokemon. <laughs> of course. When the first real-gen Pokemon game comes to this puppy, uh, it's going to be a world-ender. Yeah, because it's going to be a giant step. I don't know about the, the full realization, but a giant step in the direction of the way that we always wanted Pokemon to be. Right. Which is, people have been screaming for... Right. The two things most commonly requested, people want a full Pokemon game on a console and an MMO. Good luck on the MMO, but you might get the other one. Yep. So that by itself is going to be a world ender. But with the way and the Switch is set up is, you know... You don't have to give up one for the other. Right. Not at least entirely. I mean, a full-scale MMO, sure, you know, that's still a little bit of a pipe dream, but we're, we're a big step in the right direction here. Exactly. Exactly. What I can't only they're going to the money printer. I already hear the money printer starting to work <laughs> in the background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was also going to note again, going back to Japan. Uh, I'm hoping for some good Japanese support in here. Uh, this may be a pipe dream right now, but I'm wondering if we can get some Persona Five action on this thing. Mm-hmm. Ooh, chill, 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 chill. Mm. We already said Monster Hunter is going to be retarded on this. Oh yeah, Monster Monster Hunter. I'm I'm straight up banking on. I don't know if that's a speculation, but I'll be I'll be legit. I will be legitimately disappointed if they, for some reason, decide not to port a Monster Hunter to it. I would be stunned if we did not get a new Monster Hunter game next year. Stunned, yeah. especially given that Capcom is not in the greatest shape. Right, but Monster Hunter has consistently like killed it for him. Exactly. That's pretty much their only, like, real hit right now. Yeah. That's the only thing that people like and does financially well for them. Yeah. Now on both sides of the Pacific. Right. So, point uh, one. Okay. So, finally, that brings us then to uh, point one. Right. What's the most important thing that the Switch has to do in order to be successful? <laughs> I feel like I need a drum roll, but we don't have one, so we'll go without it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Hood drum roll. Hood price. Drum. Price, of course. Price. The price has to be right. Mm-hmm. If the price is not right, Drew Carey will not come out and people will not buy the Switch. Okay, what what Reference do you think is a <laughs> what do you think is a reasonable uh bracket min and max well i don't know about there's no there's no min that's too good right <laughs> right of course yeah i was i was gonna say like other than free like what's a but what yeah. what do you what do you think is like a realistic maximum i guess realistic maximum i think 300 299.99 299.99 the shield k1 sells for 200 right now okay uh, this is going to be a more powerful device that does more stuff so i'm betting $300. I cannot... They might do a... Like the Wii U. They might do like a special bundle or whatever. Maybe more onboard storage or something. That costs more. Mm-hmm. But you need to be able to get in the door for 300 I cannot see... And even that I think is maximum. 300 Yeah. Because okay. in an environment with... Even though this machine does make the argument we do things that are different than PlayStation Xbox they're still going against... It's going to be compared to PlayStation Xbox. Yeah. And you can get in the door for less than that, actually, if you know where to look. 
for both of those machines. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so yeah, they have to come in at three hundred or better. Have to. I agree. I think three hundred. I think my my number would be three hundred as well. Yeah, has to be three hundred or it's better. It's got to be. Yeah. Uh, if they're really good, they get you two fifty. I can't see them doing two fifty. I I can see them doing two fifty, but it would have to be really bare bones. I think that this is where like the 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 like bundles come into play. Uh, you know, all the things that we are wondering whether or not it actually comes with the console or not. But I think that they might do a base model, right? And the base model, I think, for two fifty makes a lot of sense. And then, oh, if you want like this or that, like three hundred, you know, maybe even like a big like hard drive space version with like a uh, all the shit and like a game included for 350 or something like that, like, that would make sense. Oh, please believe. I have, no matter what they do, they need to put in at least one game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, uh, that's like, generally accepted at this point, is that if you're going to, you, you got to do, like, uh, a one free game of your choice or something similar to that. But for launch titles with Nintendo, like, one is usually included. And it might be... They'll they'll probably do a Breath of the Wild edition and stuff like that. So, yeah, there'll probably be bundles of that and that, all sorts of different stuff. But yeah, yeah, I think three hundred. If the price is right, and if they can remain fairly aggressive about uh, keeping the price competitive, then I think this will be a really good. I feel really good about this machine. Yeah. Uh, it, it, I feel that's gonna have the support. I think I, I really think they have a good shot with this. Such a like such a revitalized level of excitement with the trailer. It's been it's been so crazy. Like, just we know that at this point, everybody listening has been on the internet and formulated their opinions and read all the crazy theories and all this other stuff. And it's it's just really awesome. Um, so, if there's anything, um, is there anything else you wanted to add? For now, I think we've. Uh, I mean, I know the answer. This, uh, I mean, points. I know the answer is yes, but yeah, but, there's, there's going to be way more. But yeah, for for until we actually get. Oh, actually, there's one more thing, important thing we should know. Okay. Uh, I'm willing to bet money. They did not show it wisely. They did not show it in this current trailer. I'm willing to put money on those Joy Cons having motion control built in. Uh, we will see. I've heard people make the argument that Nintendo might be trying to move away from that. But, yes, but, but that's that's all speculation every, in, on both sides. It is. Uh, the reason I think there is it's going to be there is, again, if you're trying to make that – I think of that party scenario, right? They can haul a game like WarioWare Smooth Moves again and bam, the Wii technology is there. Should you choose to use it? They're not going to – I, I would agree with the people on the other side argument saying that's not there because it, they're trying to move away from it. Yeah, they're, but definitely they're definitely trying to move away from it as far as something that they push. Right, but right. That right. doesn't mean they don't have to have it available. Like right. even the Wii U. The Wii U has motion control on that gamepad. They didn't push it, but it was available. Sure. That makes uh, more sense to me. So all that being said – uh, you know, there's still, again, like we said, there's, there's far more questions, uh, that have arisen than, uh, questions that have been answered, uh, with the new trailer, but, uh, thanks for sticking around. Obviously this is just going to be a, you know, three or four month schlag of us just trying to figure out what this thing is about until Nintendo actually comes out and says it, but there'll be more speculation in the future. 
Um, uh, if you guys want to uh, check out uh, Frog's most recent written piece, uh, which which goes into a lot of the cool stuff Nintendo might be able to do in the, in the very near future, you can go to our website, frogsnacks.net, which also has all of our episodes on it. You can rate and subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Frogsnacks and on Instagram at Frogsnacks Podcast. There's going to be a lot more cool Nintendo stuff coming up in the future, and we will... Uh, See you guys next week. Thanks for sticking around for our Switch Jumbo, and peace out. Later, everybody.